Hello, We Love Tech Podcast listeners. Uh, Dixon and Amir here back with another episode, and we have a pretty special one for you guys. Uh, Dixon has been using the iPad Pro 2020 for almost about a week now, and he has been using it very extensively, and he has a lot of thoughts for us, and I have a lot of questions for him. So uh, without further ado, let's get started. Uh, Dixon, I know you had a whole... uh, ordeal buying this iPad. Can you tell us a little about that? <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess when we started, I, I mean, I always in, I liked the idea of the I, I guess I'll start like why I even was interested in the iPad in the first place. Um, the iPad, is, I've always had this thing for the tiny for tiny computers. Um, back in, I bought the first EEPC seven inches, like the very first netbook ever back in those days, um, before anybody even heard about them. Um, I used that and then I kept moving up uh, until I moved up to a 10 inch netbook. Um, and I pretty much used that all throughout undergrad. You remember when we used to work uh, together, Amir, it was like that little white, la- tiny little white laptop I used to bring around everywhere. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still amazed that I actually managed to like, do everything on it it's in hindsight is like super slow but the battery life was actually amazing um and then i upgraded to an 11 inch macbook air in professional school i love that thing and uh so i always have this thing i i've I've always been able to be very productive uh on little um laptops i love the idea of being able to bring around a computer in my bag that barely weighs me anything but is able to let me do anything um so you know i saw this ipad i've been following it along i the hardware i always knew was excellent but uh i'll be honest when i saw the magic keyboard um that was just announced i was like wow i i just changed it just reinvigorated all those interests in using the mac ipad pro as my next super small computer um with the pandemic though it had made things really complicated to get it um, first I put an order in through Best Buy, uh, it was supposed to ship like within, I was supposed to write, get it within like four or five days. Um, and it just never, even on the day it was supposed to arrive, it never changed to shipping status. So I reached out to them. I sent them, uh, online chat portal asking what's going on. And, uh, apparently there was something, they need more information, even though I already gave them like credit card and. Um, gave them my address like I don't know what else you need the credit card info should be all the info they need yeah and I've ordered (laughs) stuff through Best Buy and that's all I need and they said oh yeah they they need more information I asked them like can I just give it to you now and like no we need someone to reach out to you and like um that and they'll reach out within 24 hours they never reached out to me uh, so, you know, being super impatient, I decided to, uh, actually put an order in on Apple's website and the date was even longer than that. So turns out like, thankfully Best Buy has a, um, pick, curbside pickup service now. So if you order it, um, if they have it in stock, which actually surprisingly, it's very hard to get to find any of the new iPad 2020s in stock. I think it's still like back ordered. The Magic Keyboard is even more backdoor than this. Like I ordered that uh, through my reward points, and it still hasn't come in yet. 
Um, but if with the i, so I I picked I ordered the iPad Pro uh, for curbs. I pick up thankfully, I it it ordered. Um, I was able to get it within the same day, um, and I canceled my order on the online Best Buy order. But the moment I went to go pick it up, I get a shipping confirmation that my online order is in. So technically, I have two iPads with me right now. I do have to go return the other one. Um, do you want one, Amir? <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see how the podcast goes and your impressions, and maybe I'll take that off your hands. Yeah, sure. Um, so to give people an idea of what I've been doing, uh, ever since I got the iPad about a week ago, I've been using the uh, iPad as my sole um, computing device for ninety-five percent. I there's five percent of the time I really didn't use the iPad Pro and. When I say computing, I mean it includes using it for my phone use um, because I'm at home. Um, I can get WhatsApp on the WhatsApp web. Um, I've been using it for pretty much everything. And then the 5% of the time is stuff that I actually tried to do with the iPad, but either there was no supported app or, or the workaround was just too, too complicated and it just made me too inefficient. And we'll get definitely get into that um, on this podcast because... I think there are other people like me who are intrigued by the idea of being able to use an iPad full time as their main computer, and I um, and I want to and and if you, and like yourself, Amir, I'm hoping to answer any questions because I tried to do basically any everything I could with it. So first off, before we get ahead of ourselves, tell me about the unboxing experience and the design, like your first impressions of the design when you first pulled it out of the box. Sure, you get sure, sure, sure. It's um the iPad. Of, of, when you get the iPad, it's just like the typical I, Apple packaging. You get the nice white box. Um, it's quite minimal, uh, as expected with Apple. You open up, get the iPad. Um, there isn't anything super fancy. Um, they only give you the cable and the charging brick. Fortunately, the charging brick is a you know faster charging brick. Although I don't think it's as fast as the MacBook Air's charging brick, but um, it's still it's still able to charge the iPad within. I'd say it, it's pretty fast charging. You can get it from. I usually never let it die, so around forty percent, I can get it up to eighty within an hour or so. So it's not bad. Um, in terms of the design, I it's it's very sleek. Um, it's got the really, really boxy angled look, which I actually prefer on Apple devices. Like I mentioned before in previous podcasts, the Apple iPhone 4 design, the Apple iPhone 5 design, those are my favorite Apple designs. And I didn't really like it when they moved over to the iPhone 6, which is still kind of like what they use design in terms of the iPhones today. I like this industrial look. Um, it's very sharp, um, but when I pick it up, it doesn't really cut into my hand at all. I love them, and, and when they even when they announced the this refresh in 2018, I actually really fell in love with the design because I love the symmetry of the bezels. Um, the I have an iPad Air too, and it always bothered me that there was like a big chin and forehead. I just don't like those things on any devices, and we you know whether it's this uh, on an iPad, the old iPhones, the Pixel fours. Like having a nice symmetrical bezel all around and no notch or anything because it's, this thing still has a face ID. Um, I think it just gives it a very clean and minimal look. Um, in pictures, it 
it does look like the bezel is very minimal, but when you get it, I can definitely still see like, yes, there's a nice, it's about a, about the width of my pinky all the way around. I don't know if Apple is ever going to shrink this down because it's nice to have that bezel still when you hold it from any edge. So it doesn't, it helps with the palm rejection. Um, but, you know, there is a potential to shrink down this bezel even more. Uh, other than that, it's quite minimal. You have the LiDAR camera bump in the back. It doesn't really protrude out of the iPad too much. So when you lay it flat, it doesn't really cause it to stick. Um, and if you put a folio case on it, which I think you should and I do, because it helps prop the iPad up, it, it's flush with the rest of the case. That's pretty much it. Like, do you have any thoughts on the design? I know it, it hasn't really changed much from the old iPad. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I also really like the boxy design. Like when I uh, am comparing my iPhone 11 to the original iPhone SE I have as well, I really do prefer the boxy, sharper edges. I just It's just more handsome, for lack of a better word. Um, it also feels better in the hand. It feels a bit more premium. Uh, so I am very excited about the rumors that the next iPhone is going to uh, resemble the iPad Pro you're using right now in terms of the more boxy, um, sharp design. Uh, so I'm very excited about that iPhone. And yeah, I totally agree. The design is incredibly nice. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen the new iPad in person because of all because of the pandemic. But uh, based on the pictures, yeah, like I, I do agree that in the pictures, the bezels look pretty small, but I guess I have to see what it looks like in person. Uh, but yeah, I don't have any issues with the design. It looks very nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm super, super eager to get my hands on this Magic Keyboard because um, if you put that keyboard in the case and you put it on the side profile where it makes it look like the iPad's floating, oh, that looks it looks super amazing. Yeah, so tell us a bit more. Yeah, so um, what's the experience? I mean, the hardware is, is excellent, um, but it's pretty minimalist in design. But the actual experience I was really interested in is like, can it, actually finally replace my main laptop because I was always intrigued by the iPad. It's super thin um, and light with excellent battery life. Um, but the problem was always the software. Uh, there are too many things that I, I was always, I've been using desktop with, from Windows to Mac OS since, since a very young age. So I'm just used to a lot of things that I would take for granted on a desktop OS. And when you get to iOS, you realize you just can't do it. Um, this includes, so, but every time iOS got upgraded, for example, when it got file support or split screen, I would get excited that I'd be able to use the iPad again, but I'd get disappointed. Um, but it's been, a, it's a, it's been a decade since the first iPad has been released. So the iPad OS has come a long way. And um, if you're interested in making an iPad Pro your main computer, there are some great things about it, and there's definitely some niggles that you should expect. And I'm gonna, um, so let's go into it. Uh, most of the time when I was using the iPad, I was pairing the iPad with the keyboard and the mouse. So with iOS 13.4, mouse support um, is finally an official thing. It used to be in the accessibility updates, and it was kind of janky and half baked, but with 13.4, it is now basically. Uh, a well-optimized experience when you use the mouse. It's it's a very nice experience, actually. And I think it changes everything because um, with, you know, if you do anything with iPad OS before this, trying to do 
tablet things was fine but the moment you start to like have to use the desktop experience which you would want to on the ipad it's it becomes a frustrating thing because your touch targets are way smaller than your finger so if you actually if if there are two touch elements on the screen um and you try to touch with your finger you might actually end up hitting the the hitting things you don't intend to and trying to do things like text manipulation or trying to like do things like edit Excel documents can be quite a pain if you're trying to do that with just your finger. And it's okay if you need to do something quick, but you know, if you want to do something for hours, like working on a worksheet or type of document, it can be quite, quite frustrating. So even when I tried to do that on my old iPad, iPad Air 2, I wouldn't last more than like 10 minutes where I thought, oh, I'm just going to switch to a, to a MacBook or, or a Windows computer because it's just going to make me so much faster. Now, this definitely changes. And uh, from what I've read with reviews, it's even better with trackpad because with the mouse, you get, it's based, you get to do all the things you would do on a desktop, but with the trackpad, you can get gestures too. So if you want to switch a screen, if you want to switch apps right now, with the mouse, you have to kind of go down to these. If you want to do into multitask view, you have to bring your mouse down to this little floating bar like you do on your iPhone. You got to hold it for a second, drag it up, and then hold for half a second, and you see all the windows. But with the trackpad, you just take three fingers and swipe up. It's, it's a lot faster. Um, that said, it's not the end of the world. I, it's still much better than, like, touching the screen, reaching up, and um, kind of smudging it. Because the thing with iPad, if you're using it as a tablet, it annoys me to have like constantly have to wipe down fingerprints. So, I mean, I, I know it probably bothers you too, right, Amir? Right, I agree. Um, I totally am with you about the mouse support. Like if you're really wanting to use a tablet to replace a computer, you do have to provide that um, mouse support because like you said, it just adds a bit more productivity to just everyday simple things like even editing text and stuff like that. Um, and I'm very happy that they did that. Tell us a bit about your workflow. Like, what do you use the iPad for? Like, get into specifics a little bit so that our viewers, uh, our listeners, I mean, can uh, yeah, understand sure. kind of what you do with it on a day-to-day -day basis. For sure. So um, currently with the whole, with the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of at-home, like, research. There's been a lot of tech stocking. So I personally enjoy um, using Google Docs. Like most of my stuff is in the cloud. So I have everything in Drive. Um, I use, if I need to use Excel, I use Google Sheets. Um, Apple does offer pages and um, numbers, which is their versions of these apps. But um, the thing with those is that I find that the formatting can change if you're going into those apps. And so if certain or certain functions, like certain formulas, they might not port over. So I prefer to stick in Google Docs. And with Safari, with the desktop version of the web, it works quite well. Um, I use, I don't find any features. You're going to get the full Google Docs experience, the full Google Sheets experience on Safari, which is super nice. Um, and then I've done things, for example, I'm recording a podcast on this iPad right now um, and using the app called Anchor. And I'm able to use split screen. So I have the recording on one side and then I also have my notes on the other side. So split in half, I'm able to see the rundown, kind of take a look at my own notes. 
Um, so it's it's quite possible to do multitasking, but there are a lot of caveats. So the big thing is like you're only limited to split screen and um, with slide over, it's nice. So you can have a slide over, you can bring in a third app technically, and that's a little small window on the pane. If you haven't used iPad before, it looks like a little iPhone app, iPhone sized app. You can slide it in whenever and you can actually have multiple of those. So you can actually have like four or five apps. Now it does still get quite cumbersome because um, I to bring in slide over. I that's one thing I really have a hard time doing with my mouse. I have to bring my finger up, swipe it in. Um, the gestures you're gonna have to really learn how to use those gestures. There's still times where I have to think about what I want to execute before I can actually do the split screen. Like I have to have I switch back. You have to have your main app that you even now I'm thinking about it. So. You have to have your main app open first, then you pull up your little, your um, action bar in the bottom or your icon bar at the bottom. Then you pull that app and make it, force it into a little window and it'll, you'll get the little animation that tells you you're ready to do split screen. And then you have to pull down the middle bar and drag it so it becomes split. So on a, on a desktop, all you have to do, it's a windowed system, you just kind of, Either on Windows, you bring it to the left or right, it snaps instantly to the side, or on the Mac, you just, you know, you resize the window. I think the workflow is a lot easier on that, but it's definitely doable. Um, do you do you find that you have to, one thing you said was interesting, you said you couldn't do the slide over thing with the mouse. Um, do you find that you constantly have to go up to the screen down to the mouse? Or is it just for, um, like, small amount of tasks that you have to do that because i can imagine like if you want to use it as a computer you should really be able to use the mouse and the keyboard for everything it would seem weird to have to switch between the mouse and the touch screen so how how many like things do you have to do that for so for the slide over like right now when i hover the mouse over to the slide i can see the slide over app kind of peeking through it does that animation so it can, you can do it, but I can't, I have trouble putting it back away consistently. So like now, see, I tried to switch an app and it kind of messed it up. So um, it's way easier, honestly, at that point to like, so like I can't get my Google Docs app. Like this is real time. I'm trying to, I, I swiped in a, a different app and then I accidentally lost the, the page. So spring it in is possible, but swiping it back out you have to kind of there's a little icon on the top but it's way easier to just take my finger and swipe i can't comment on what that's like with the trackpad i imagine it's probably a lot easier as well um but again once i get the trackpad i'll definitely update you guys with that um one one thing that i did find so for my workflow i do use messaging a lot and my messaging preference is to use whatsapp so i like to use whatsapp web so for those who don't know whatsapp web is basically a you can go on whatsappweb.com you scan a qr code on your phone and you'll get all your messaging and chats on the whatsapp web the issue is that there's no official whatsapp app on the um in the iPad app store, it's all third party, like, and it's basically a glorified desktop browser. So I have really trouble. So if you download that app, you will get an icon and you can put it into your menu bar when you pull up. It 
the apps that are in the iPad store do not split screen. So that kind of brings up another issue is like, it's very inconsistent in iPad. You don't know whether an app can support split screen or not. And until you try it. And the only way I found, so I found a workaround where, okay, I'm going to use Safari WhatsApp web and that will work. That will get you into split screen. And I even made a custom icon um, on the dock. But when I try to bring that, every time I click that dock, it'll just open a whole brand new web page instead of bringing back, bring me back to the WhatsApp web page I already had open. I know it sounds confusing, but basically you end up. Oh no, I, a, I get what you're saying. That yeah. sounds annoying. <laughs> you you end up creating a lot of WhatsApp web pages, even though like I just want to bring me back to the web WhatsApp web link I already opened. It's already a tab. Just bring me there, and it won't do that. So. The way that I can do that, the best way to use WhatsApp web is to um, just take, don't do the icon thing, open WhatsApp web, just keep it as a tab and just refer back to the tab whenever you need it. I know it's a, it, that's the only way you can do it um, until you can actually get like proper split screen or slide over on it. That would be amazing because that's what you do for messaging. You, you get a message and you don't get notifications either. You have to kind of have to keep your phone next to you and see it light up to know that you're getting a new message and that's when you check it on your iPad if you're working from your desk. So it is, that's definitely kind of feels like that, that is one time when I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely not getting the laptop experience here. It's hopefully that that will be fixed soon though. There's a rumor that WhatsApp is going to let people uh, register their account on multiple devices. And I imagine if that turns out to be true, maybe you can get the WhatsApp app on the iPad and then just use it as an app that way. And hopefully that will fix the issue. It is. Um, but I, I mean, for, I don't, I, they've been, I've been waiting for this kind of thing for a while now. So I, I wouldn't hold out too much. I will not get the, it's not a deal breaker. You can do it. And that's the thing I think with the iPad is the theme is like, you can do a lot of things that you can, if you are willing to put in the effort to try and make it work for you. So that's... I wonder why the notifications don't come through, though, because when you use it just on Safari on your Mac, you do get a ping every time there is a notification. Uh, is it because you have the volume off or like for sure there's no notifications? Um, for sure. Like I've been using it for the whole week, every day. And I've whether it's from the iPads, the App Store version or this one, you just don't get any any sort of notifications. If I use on... I get, I, th I don't know if it's because Safari this Safari doesn't have an ability to do that. I don't know if it's the way that Safari is built on the iPad OS, to be honest. So if I want it to work like iMessage on the iPad, when you message me on iMessage, I will get a, I will get a notification in the notification bar. I can switch to it. I can get floating. Um, I can do split screen. I can do the uh, slide over. It's great. If I can get that experience on WhatsApp, I'd be really happy. Yeah, hopefully it'll uh, there'll be a workaround soon. Yeah, in terms of uh, you can even do things like picture in picture too uh, on the iPad. So if you're on YouTube, so again, this is another workaround because on a computer, you just simply have to shrink down the window if you want to do YouTube.com or Chromebooks now have uh, the picture in picture too, right? 
They do, and I just can't seem to remember how to make it work. It's not very intuitive.、Uh, I think I got it to work once or twice, and then I was trying again yesterday, and I couldn't figure it out again. I have to go back to the、yeah. um, instructions. But yeah, it, it there it is there, but it's kind of finicky. Yeah, so this is in the weeds, but it's fine. I, I want to explain to people how it, this works. So on Netflix, if you open the, if you want a Netflix pop up window, which is super nice because like sometimes you're doing something that doesn't, it's not really intensive. You just want to have something run in the background. You open the Netflix app, choose the show you want, and while it's playing in full screen, you swipe up from the bottom, and then the video will shrink to a small window. If you want to do it on YouTube, you cannot do this, no matter what. You can try all day. It's not possible if you do it through the official YouTube app. So don't. So what, if you want to do that on YouTube, you have to go to YouTube.com, find the video you want, open, and there will be no button when you first play the video. So it's very confusing. You're like, what? There's no picture in picture.、Um, you have a full screen option. So full screen the option. Then when it full screens, you'll suddenly see a little picture in picture icon. On the top left, and that's when you can click it, and that's when you get picture in picture. It's very—you can tell it's like it's multiple steps just to get a video working.、Um, that said, I don't know how many people want the picture in picture, but I mean, I appreciate it when you're—if you're working, like if you're trying to watch an informational video in the background, you don't want it to be half screen. You just kind of want the audio playing in the background. That's the best way to do it. All right, yeah, that that does sound、uh, like there will be a bit of a learning curve to make your workflow、um, work for you, I guess.、Uh, once you get the iPad,、um, now you were complaining a lot about the file system. I、yeah. remember. Tell、yeah. me a bit about that. What is the issue with it? Yeah. So. File system when they announced it in iOS 11, I was like, finally, like I I need and I've complained about this on the the、uh, podcast before about the the lack of a true file system. So what I mean is that yes, if you download something now from the web, it will go straight to a downloads folder folder in the file system, which is great. You can finally and this you can download any file type, which is already an improvement from before. Like you can get. Dot、um, zip files. You can open like any type of file extension.、Uh, I but the problem is is that iOS eleven they don't really. It's not a fully. It's not every app can access that file system. The app has to enable that API to allow the app to access the file system, and then、uh, when you actually use it. So what I mean by that, like like let me give you an example. So, I want there's iMovie built in, which is great. And、uh, my wife Tracy, which you heard on last week, wanted to edit a movie in iMovie. So, the videos that I have stored that she wanted were on Google Photos. How do I get a video from Google Photos into iMovie? Well, this is how you do it. You have to open the video. You have to go to Google Photos. You go to your video that you want. Download the video. And if you want multiple, it'll download as a zip file. You can even extract the zip file now in file in the file manager. Great,、um, so you'll see the videos physically in the downloads folder or whatever you put it. The issue is, so then you think, okay, now it's unzipped. I can logically, if you use a desktop, I'm going to go into iMovie, open files, and find、um, find the video there. You won't find it. You open it if you just 
if you did not extract it, you did not, even if you've extracted and you go into iMovie to go under like open file, you will not be able to find it. And for a while I was struggling to figure out like, how do I get this file to be recognized by iMovie? So it turns out you have to open the file, extract it, then you have to click on the video you want and you have to save to camera roll. And from there, that's the only time you can actually see the video in iMovie. Even if I physically dropped, there is an iMovie folder in files. When I physically dropped the video to iMovie, iMovie would not recognize it. Like it defies all computering logic that you would know. You grew up, everybody from, I mean, even it's just not intuitive. It doesn't make any sense. So it seems like iMovie can only access picture and video files from your camera roll. Exactly. And it's not, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong, but that's the only way I was able to have the, the file recognized. And this is an Apple's own app. Apple makes iMovie. Um, and, and then when I tried to do something similar uh, with a, um, with uh, what's, sorry, what's the GarageBand, uh, I downloaded like a, a free MP3 and as background music, when I tried, I was able to, there's no real easy way to add the music to the background and have the whole song playing again. Maybe I'm just not able to use it properly, but when I do the same thing on a MacBook air, the whole, it's just super easy. You just find the file, click done. So it's, it's, it can be a bit frustrating. It's, it's a love hate relationship sometimes where you're like, when I'm not doing anything crazy, it's such a good experience. Like I love using the screen and stuff like that. Um, but when you have to do anything super serious, like you're going to run into like headaches and, and, and it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. So there, I remember another issue you had with it was with uh, you couldn't get your dual monitor to do anything other than mirroring. Is that correct? Exactly. Were you ever able to find a solution to that? Yeah, no, it's still, it's, that's just how iOS treats it as far as I know. So uh, what I'm referring to is when I use my desktop uh, and I need to do like, I do like working with two, mo a second monitor. So you can have like just more screen real estate. You're just more efficient. Um, you can't do that with the iPad. At least um, what I had, what I wanted to do is that have a connect the, the second monitor so I can have one app on the screen and then one app on the iPad. Um, you can't do that. Uh, it makes sense before mouse support, because even though you have an app up on the second one, you can't physically touch the second monitor. So the, what, what's the point of putting two apps up? Right. But now with mouse support, you can wander the mouse in, you technically should be able to wander the mouse onto the second screen and start touching the UI. You can't do that anymore. Uh, or you can't do that currently. So what happens now is that USB, if I plug in my USB, the monitor through the USB-C port, you will see something happen on the second monitor, but it's basically mirroring. So whatever you see on your small screen, you can only see on your big screen. So it's great for presentations. Um, certain apps will let you do like, for example, if you use Lightroom Fusion, you can use all the video, like the editing portion will show up on your iPad so you can manipulate it. And then the video, preview will always show up on the monitor but that's really an only a handful of the app handful of apps 
And it's again, it's back to the same story. It's like, you don't know what apps are compatible or how they behave on the, on the iPad OS until you try them out. And then sometimes you think theoretically you should be able to do it and you can't do it. So it's, if you're getting the iPad um, as your main computer, basically you have to just keep in mind that you can't, as of right now, you cannot uh, have true dual monitor support. So if you, you love doing that on your laptop or, um, or Chromebook, you just can't do it on the iPad. Sorry. Right. Um, so you've told us a bit about kind of the limitations that you've encountered trying to use the iPad as your sole computer. Tell us a little about things you enjoyed doing on the iPad, things that you uh, perhaps thought were easier to do on the iPad compared to a traditional computer. And like, definitely, I know you mentioned a few things you loved about the hardware. So just tell us kind of what you love about the usability of it, the hardware pieces, and like what sorts of things can you do more easily on it compared to a traditional computer? Yeah, so I know it sounded, we just had like about half an hour of me harping on the things I can't do. Um, It's still a very, I think it's still the first, I still enjoy using the iPad. I think it's the most versatile computing device you can get at this point. what I mean by that is like currently like I have it connected to my um, mouse and my keyboard, but if I wanted to read something on the couch, I just literally physically pick up the, the iPad and it's only like not even a pound. I bring it over. I can start reading the news. And when I'm reading for when reading the websites, um, if you go to something like I love going on theverge.com, it's such a nice experience. Like you can bring up the web page like super close to your face, and it's like reading a magazine. It's super, and the screen is so nice. That that 120 hertz screen, the L, uh, the uh, the uh, LCD is beautiful on the on the iPad. Um, it's not OLED, so you don't get as the deep blacks uh, as you do as you would, uh, for example, if you got a Samsung Galaxy S6 tablet. But it's still, I think it's, it's still great. Um, you won't really notice it unless you watch really, really dark scenes. Um, you can then, you, if you want, you can turn the iPad into a notepad. Because uh, if you get the Apple Pencil, uh, pro tip, don't, if you want to save money, because you've already spent a ton of money buying this iPad Pro, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get an, a, a decent stylus that, that has palm rejection. You can go on Amazon. They have third-party Apple pencils, and it's basically uh, it. It operates. You know, you just start to write on it, and the only thing you're missing is um, it doesn't have the mag- magnet, so you can't hold it onto the side, and it does require USB-C charging. But that pencil only costs forty dollars, where the app- official Apple pencil costs two hundred. So. If you just need it for, it's nice. I think it's definitely nice to have, be able to note take because the iPad is a perfect form factor for a notepad. It's about the size of a piece of paper it, and writing on it is, is quite nice. So um, it's, it's versatile in that way. Um, I can, I have a Surface Go, which is very, very similar to this. The problem with the Surface Go is that even though it looks like a laptop, it's a Surface, Windows 10 simply isn't very good as a tablet. It's actually, I just don't enjoy using it. Like anytime I use it, I just, I can't use it for more than like five minutes and I put it down because the experience just isn't good. 
is the touch targets, even when they do a tablet mode, the icons are too small. It doesn't translate well. Whereas the iPad, you can, it works excellent as a tablet for consuming devices. And now it works pretty good for a laptop replacement. So in terms of like a versatile computer, it's even better than, better than Windows. Cause it's kind of interesting. Cause like with the magic keyboard, Apple's basically admitted that what the surface was doing was, was the way to go for these tablet like devices. But I think going from tablet to desktop is easier than going from desktop to enforcing it to try and work in a tablet mode. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you really love the speakers. Tell us about the speakers. Oh man. It's yeah. It's hard to, I can't really show you on a podcast, but uh, it's super having, I have multiple devices, uh, these tablet devices, right? So I have the pixel book, which um, both Namir and I love. I refer to our old podcast on it and kind of listen to our reviews and thoughts on it. But it's the I, the Pixelbook is great for being versatile as well because you can set up as a tent, um, but tent mode you can turn into a tablet. Uh, it's great for taking on planes and stuff. The issue with the iPad, the Pixelbook, is that the speakers just frankly aren't that great. I don't know. Do you agree with that or? Yeah, they they suck. For lack yeah. of a better word, <laughs> there, there's no bass. Uh, it's very, it's not tinny, but it's not. It's also not very full sounding, and it sounds muffled. Is the best yeah. way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound very good. But when you go on the iPad Pro, like I, if I turn it on max volume, you can hear it in the entire apartment, and it's super full sounding. It's not as, it doesn't have as much bass uh, or as much volume as the iPad Air, and I think that simply is because. There's just more, there's big, there's a, there's room for a larger chamber in the iPad, uh, I, sorry, the MacBook Air, <laughs> but uh, the iPad Pro can get um, impressively loud and to the point where with the iPad Air 2, I could use it as uh, to play like videos in my kitchen and stuff when I'm, you know, cooking, but it's, you would have to pair it with a Bluetooth speaker in order to hear like, you know, Netflix dialogue properly. But with the iPad Pro, you can just leave it. You can use the existing speakers, and I have no desire to connect it to a Bluetooth speaker. It's that good. Wow, yeah, good to know. I can't wait to hear it. Um, Tell me about the battery life. Can someone, you know, unplug this iPad at 100% in the morning, go out for a full day of school or work, come home in the evening, and still have some juice left? Yeah, definitely, easily. you get the Apple estimates 10 hours for the iPad, but I think it's actually quite conservative. Um, I, you know, I can go a full charge on this and I'd be, I would use it for, I would work during the day doing zoom calls, take notes, research, do all the web documents stuff I was talking about. Then at night, like if I'm, you know, chilling and reading the news, uh, I'll go to bed and the iPad will be at 50%. And that's like six hours of screen on time. Wow, that's impressive. That's incredible. And you, when you throw in the fact that like you have a 120 hertz screen, um, the processor in here is similar, if not outperformed, like on benchmarks is as fast as a Core i-series chip, like Core i5. Um, you know, I can play games on it with a Bluetooth bluetooth controller now and it just won't die it's it's so incredible so it definitely fulfills yeah 
in in that respect, it totally beats the other portable lap like Surface Go that I have. It's super functional. Uh, I can do anything I want uh, because of the um, the OS with the Windows. But the problem is that it's the 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 processor they use in it is really it's it's not terrible, but it's definitely slow. So you can and you. But at the same time, usually if you get a slow processor, you get a trade-off with better battery life, like I did with my netbooks. But nope, it doesn't have great battery life either. So you kind of, with the iPad, you kind of don't have those weaknesses. It's super fast, super fluid, and you get the great battery life. It's like the best of both worlds. Hmm, interesting. Good. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning initially, I remember you got the iPad pro and you were like you know what do i need this generations it has the stupid lidar sensors pretty much the only difference do i actually need that um tell us about the lidar sensor and did you ever use it at all was it useful in any way yeah so that's the big feature if you don't know um what's the difference between this and the 20 so there are two reasons not the i didn't get the new 2020 because if you get the if you want an ipad pro if and you want to save some money Go on apple.com and go into the refurbished store and get yourself a 2018 version. The problem is that I think a lot of people are doing that. So there's not, I've only seen it in stock maybe once or twice. Um, But the 20, the reason I got 2020 is because the 2018 version iPad pros, uh, other than the one terabyte model, they only have four gigs of RAM. Um, But the new 2020 models, every model has six gigs of RAM. Now, I don't have the 2018 model to see, like, how does the iPad 2020 truly uh, is able to keep more apps in memory and stuff like that. But um, so far, I've been very impressed with the amount of uh, apps I'm able to keep in memory. Um, It's definitely a huge difference from my iPad Air 2, which is only 2 gigs of RAM. So I really couldn't use more than two apps before if I switched to a third app, it would have to restart. So like WhatsApp, I couldn't even use WhatsApp web whatsoever because it didn't have enough memory to keep that web page in its memory. So every time I switched to WhatsApp web, it had to reload all over again. Um, so if you're going to treat, to use this iPad Pro as a laptop replacement, I highly, I do, I don't, I think you can do it with the iPad Pro 2018, um, but if future updates uh, come out that, you know, they, they enable more extensive features on iPad OS so you can run more things in the background, uh, you might run into a RAM issue where at least you have an additional two gigs uh, in your future proofing yourself on the with the 2020 model. LiDAR, um, it's not, I don't think you should go out getting the iPad for the, because right now there's no apps. I think that really, really take advantage of the LiDAR, everything that all the apps that are taking advantage of LiDAR are still only in testing phase. So to kind of tell you what people LiDAR is a, the, it's a light radar system. So it, it's special camera that measures the distance or time it takes for the photons to return to back, to come back to the camera. So, what the fit, what the practicality is, it allows you for augmented reality. It allows you to scan things like a room, and it's able to measure quite accurately what the distances between the two objects are. So, uh, I was able to use augmented reality, but I don't think I was using lidar. So, I'm trying to buy deck furniture for my balcony, 
I'm able to use, um, there's something called Ikea Place. It's an app. You can scan a physical space and you can place virtual furniture on it. So you can know exactly if that furniture is too big for the space, how it'll look. It was actually really cool, but that was the really the only practical time I needed to use anything remotely close to LiDAR. So yeah, I, I can't imagine any other time to use it other than putting furniture around the house. Yeah, so don't go LiDAR thinking like, oh, I'm going to get it because in the future I'm, it's going to take advantage of it. You don't know at this point. That said, LiDAR is coming out for the uh, iPhone 12 according to the rumors, and I wouldn't be surprised because Apple would port this over to their iPhones. Um, maybe at that point you'll get widespread use of that, that uh, measurement, but it's also limited, like I was looking into it, because the LiDAR is, um, it's not very, it won't let you measure fine things. Like you, you can use the measure app on your iPad to measure uh, the, you can like put it over an object, it'll tell you what the distance is between it, but it's not sensitive enough to measure like really small things. So it's really only you like intended for use for like rooms. Right. Yeah. So I... That I don't really have much to comment. In terms of the cameras, you do get an additional wide-angle camera on this uh, iPad, which I guess it's I don't I don't know I don't have ever use the uh, camera on your tablet. The only time I would use the uh, I have used a camera on the tablet for video recording because iOS is so good at the um, the stabilization, the autofocus you're able to record 4K 60 frames per second on this actually. So you can act, if you really want to improve your workflow and you don't really, you don't need the best video quality whatsoever, you can record on the iPad and then directly edit the video in the iPad, which is super nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the camera quality, it's not, don't expect iPhone 11 or iPhone 11 pro quality. Uh, it's, it's, really good in bright light but the moment you get like indoor lighting you'll start to see noise in your photos and there's no night mode so downside oh, there i wonder why they didn't put the night mode but i guess it's true no one really takes their ipad out and shoots photos or videos with it as far as i know usually people use their phones yeah, um yeah. so let's get kind of your overall impressions and finally whether or not you recommend this ipad if you do to who and if you don't uh why not yeah so a lot of people when they hear the price tag of this thing it's if you pair in the magic keyboard it's basically the same price as a macbook air and people in there say well what in the right mind would get in a macbook air and it's true if you need to do anything uh that's like what if you're looking to if you use a current Mac OS right now, I would see, and you're really interested in getting an iPad Pro to replace because you like the battery life, you like the the tablet experience, you um, really, really evaluate like what you do on your Mac OS and see if it translates. If you do, if you spend 100% of your time in the web, basically you use a Chromebook, you can use the iPad Pro to replace your your Chromebook or your MacBook. Um, if you need to do any apps, just make sure there's a Mac, uh, sorry, iPad equivalent app, but also it has all the functionality. Because sometimes you have apps on the iPad store 
that just are in the app store, but they don't have the same functionality. Like they have a light version. It's not the same. For example, if you use Photoshop a lot, don't get the iPad Pro because the desk, the iPad, the uh, Photoshop is just not uh, as full featured. Um, but people are like, but if, and, but if you do need, if, if that's fine, you're able to do everything on the iPad. I think the iPad Air, uh, iPad Pro, <laughs> the iPad Pro is a better value uh, in terms of what you're getting in terms of hardware. Uh, one, you're, the front-facing camera is um, way, 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 way better than the iPad, uh, the MacBook Air. Sorry, <laughs> it's just so confusing. You, it's so <laughs> much better than the MacBook Air in terms of quality. You get a better screen. You get 120 hertz. Uh, it's ways, It's very smooth. It gets way brighter. Um, you can. You're able to get much better battery life. Uh, the MacBook Air doesn't have bad battery life, but you get you get this thing that you can use like two days if if you do light work on it i bet you can get a week out of this thing just you know you take it in and out um it's it's very versatile you can use it in more scenarios i think than you can with the macbook air watching movies on this is a great experience because you can kind of bring it closer to your face uh it's it's just a nicer screen like i said before um you but you do need you would do need to get the magic keyboard, I think, to get the full, full, full laptop experience. Because even now, currently, with my detect, with my uh, keyboard and mouse, I just can't use it on uh, my couch. But with the magic keyboard, it's it's the only option you have if you want to use a trackpad and a keyboard together on on the iPad Pro. Unfortunately, um, so do you think it's worth it? You have to really ask yourself. Look at. Um, you have to look at your workflow and see if it actually does um, does work for you. That said, I mean, I think uh, the iPad Pro is about two major upgrades away uh, from being a true laptop replacement. Um, just, I, they're close. They're way closer than they've ever been before. And I think they're gonna get there. Uh, things that I wanna see in future upgrades um, like I said, uh, I want a true system level file manager. So all apps are able to access the file manager and see all the apps that are in it, not just certain apps. Um, I want proper dual monitor support. Uh, I would love to see a true desktop Chrome come to the, to the iPad. Now I, this one's a bit of a stretch for sure. Um, and when I say true iPad, uh, Chrome, I mean like desktop Chrome with extensions right now you if you get chrome in the app store you only get uh, mobile chrome which is yeah so um if not i'll take safari extensions so i, I mean i thought there was i i thought a file system was never going to come to the ipad and it, they they brought it so you know crazier things have happened uh and of course an official what's what's app if we get those things, I think I can. I have no problem making this my full time. In the meantime, I think I have to still keep like my Windows and my um, Chromebook around just in case I need to do something like really, really serious. So, I don't, I don't think your wish list is too unreasonable. The stuff you asked for, I'm sure, could potentially even show up with the next software update in iOS 14. Yeah, but it's it's just like every tech reviewer says like don't buy the ipad with the with the promise or the future update like in mind 
buy it for what it can do now. And, you know, I would say for most people, you can, it will be serviceable to you. Um, but just don't expect the same level of efficiency. Like after all of this, Amir, do you think you are you inter- interested in the iPad Air, or iPad Pro, or did I did I just talk you out of it? No, I I am really interested in the iPad Pro because the limitations you suggested uh, don't really apply to me. To be honest, I don't do much other than browsing, web browsing, multimedia uh, consumption ever since I finished school. Like I don't do much more than that really. And it sounds like it would be great to have the iPad as a main computer because, you know, the keyboard and the mouse and stuff are still there when I need them and the off chance that I do need to edit a Word document or something like that. Um, But for the most part, like the things that I do, I don't think I will encounter any limitations. So yeah, I'm potentially going to pick one up soon as well. Ooh, I'm looking for it. And then, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on it because uh, I, I always love hearing your thoughts on this tech stuff. So that's why we do the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So that's the end of our episode today. Thanks so much. And we have been noting all the new uh, listeners from all around the world. It uh, really is uh, nice to know that people out there are listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Um, uh, we have uh, our uh, Instagram account and our Twitter account. Give us a follow and uh, give us a shout, things you'd like to hear about in our episodes, and we'll definitely try to uh, incorporate them. Uh, take care, everyone. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, if you like this, like, please share it. Um, we, we would love to get more subscribers, and uh, we'll continue to make new content for you. Um, I definitely will plan to upgrade, uh, update this podcast once I get the Magic Keyboard. I'm, I'm checking my inbox every day to, to look to see if it's uh, shipped. Uh, once I get it, I definitely will give you my impressions and review. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to Thank you, everyone, for listening to We Love Tech Podcast and a huge shout out to all our new listeners from around the world. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. We are available on all major platforms. You can also follow us on Instagram at We Love Tech Podcast and Twitter at We Love Tech Pod C1.